Well, good morning. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Pastor Wayne. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Saints Community Church, where we are one church in three locations, right here in Metairie, in our Belchase location, and then online. If you are a part of our online church, as well as our physical location, tonight's going to be looking a little bit different. We are not doing a regular online service. I will actually be hosting a Zoom meeting with our online uh, community, and if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see how to, how to be a part of that Zoom uh, meeting there. You can sign up for that. Our, our theme is the same. Our mission is the same in every single location, and that is that we are reaching imperfect people to follow a perfect Jesus. And how many of you did something imperfect this Thanksgiving week at your house or at somebody else's house to prove that you, you belong in this church? Good. So we're glad uh, to have you. And we are excited because we are starting our Christmas series, sermon series right now. How many of you are excited about Christmas? How many of you, the Christmas music came on this week? Come on. You're excited about that. Well, let's read from a, a very familiar passage of Scripture regarding Christmas. And then we're going to read from another passage that isn't as familiar with Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11 says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. Let's turn our, our eyes to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. This, these are the words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to speak to you very briefly for the next few minutes on this subject, a letter from God, a letter from God. Let's pray together. Jesus I pray as we dive into your word that it would cause life change in our hearts and that we would never be the same. I pray that we would look to you during this Christmas season, but we would also understand that this season is one where your people can shine bright and reflect the glory of God to those around us. I also pray, God, for our, our boys, Lord, that are at the Mile High Stadium in Denver right now. I pray that you would prepare them to kill the Denver Broncos. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, my wife is currently working on, a, uh, uh, on getting a sign out front uh, in this church. She's working with the parish, and I'm really excited about what her and the parish work out. Just so you know that the parish uh, just... If you could just keep that in prayer, let me just say it like that. If you could just uh, keep that journey in prayer, the parish 
wants to put out a sign that's about two foot by two foot uh, out front there. So we're working with them and trying to figure out how to get that done. But I was thinking about signs and how there are so many different kinds of church signs that communicate so many different kinds of things. In fact, let me just show you some of the church signs that I happen to find online that just have some interesting things that they communicate. Here's one that says, tweet others as you would like to be tweeted. Let's move on. For those of you who have children but don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. Thank you for the courtesy laughs. Let's keep them coming. Having trouble sleeping? This is probably my favorite one. We have sermons. Come here one. Worship Sunday, 10 a.m. Here's another one. Do you know what hell is? Come here, our preacher. (laughs) I did not make these up. These actually came from churches online. I know it's true because they're online. Honk, if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him. Here's one getting into the Christmas season. Jesus is the rizzle for the sizzle. Not really sure what that's about. Here we go. Here's one from Berea Baptist Church. I'm also making a list and checking it twice. God. Here's one. The world needs a stable influence. Y'all did? All right, let's move on. You'll catch on to that later. Last one, or actually, here, here's one. Also open between Easter and Christmas. Says every pastor in the United States of America, please. Here's one. Welcome visitors to Jews, happy Hanukkah, to Christians, Merry Christmas, to atheists, good luck. Here's the last one, a well-played church sign, a long time ago in a Galilee far, far away. I was thinking about signs and just looked up the pure definition of what a sign means, and Merriam-Webster's dictionary says it like this. A sign is just a display used to identify or advertise a product. A display used to identify or advertise a product. Now, we're talking today about one of the greatest advertisements that ever happened on the face of the earth. The Bible says that there's shepherds and they're keeping their sheep at night and there they are, they're out in the middle of the fields and an angel shows up to exclaim this incredible advertisement, this sign, this display takes place with this chorus of angels in heaven and this is what the angel says, let's read it together. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid I bring you, let's say those two words together, good news that will cause what? Great joy. Who's it going to cause great joy for? All people. Good news, great joy, all people. Here's the issue. For most of us here in this room that consider ourselves followers of Jesus, this is good news. But you gotta understand that the many, many unbelievers in our lives, the unbelievers in the world are asking this question. They are asking the question, is it really good news? Is it really good news? You see, again, this was an advertisement for 
good news, that that Jesus coming onto the planet and being born would be good news. In fact, it would be such good news that it would cause something inside of all of us, which was great joy. And here's the thing about good news. Usually, when it's good news for, for one group of people, it's not good news for another group of people. The recent elections may show us that, or... Who wins the Saints-Denver game may show us today that what's good news for one group might not always be good news for another group. What's incredible about Jesus being born is that they said this would be good news for who? For all people. So let me just ask you this question today. What happened to the good news? What happened to the good news? You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, if this is really good news, why aren't more people leaning in and wanting to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Why aren't more people flocking to our churches? If this really is good news for all people, why wasn't there a line outside the door with people standing today with umbrellas over their head ready to come into church? If if this was really good news, why aren't more people wanting to receive the good news? And unfortunately, I don't, I don't mean this towards anyone specifically today, I would present to you that maybe one of the problems is that we happened. We happened. See, we've done a really good job in America at, at Americanizing the good news. Many, many people have done a really good job at politicizing the good news. But I don't always know how good of a job we are doing with helping everyone around us understand that this is good news that will bring great joy to their life, to all people. So let me make this personal for you here today. What kind of news are you? What kind of news are you? See, Jesus understands this incredibly well. In fact, so well that he describes what we are supposed to be doing and who we are supposed to be to the people that are around us. And he does it in Matthew chapter 5 after he goes on and on about this list of Beatitudes, and then he he gets into Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, and he describes the good news that we are supposed to be in two different metaphors. He uses, first of all, a metaphor of salt. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Now today, when we think of salt, we just think of that we just sprinkled some on our Thanksgiving, you know, dinner to, uh, you know, to, to make the cookie take, or the cookie, make the turkey take, taste just a little bit better than it did. And we just kind of sprinkle salt. But you got to understand, in this time, in this day and age, salt was a much more important and much more distinctive thing that was happening in this Middle Eastern time. You see, they used salt to do two things in their food. Number one, they used it to preserve their food. This, it was actually used as a preservative. You got to remember, they didn't have plug-in refrigerators back during this time. And so what would happen was, especially in the desert 
uh, kind of season that they were in, the, the weather was really, really warm much of the time, and so their food would spoil really quickly, especially when it came to their, their meat. And so what they would do is they would actually salt, they would put stalks of salt all around their meat to try to preserve and make sure that the food that they had, the meat that they had, did not spoil. Now for many of you, you ran into a Christian, and this is why you're here like this. You ran into a believer that helped something be preserved in your life. Maybe you ran into a Christian and they helped preserve your marriage. Maybe you ran into a believer and they helped preserve a friendship in your life. Maybe you ran into uh, somebody who knows Jesus and they helped your decisions not to be spoiled. Maybe they actually helped your walk with Jesus not be spoiled and that's why you're here today. You're here today because someone close to you that you consider a follower of Jesus Christ that, that ran into you, maybe you worked with them, maybe you were friends with them, maybe you're a family member uh, with them, and you ran into them, and they helped something in your life not to spoil. But then the second thing that salt does is it enhances. Everybody say enhances. In other words, it makes something better. We, we put salt on our food to make it taste even better than it is. So what is our job as Christ followers? Well, our job is really simple, my friends. We are called to preserve and to enhance the world around us. We are called to preserve, to allow, not allow the negative things in people's lives, the evil that is inherent in our society to spoil the people's lives that are around us. And we are called to enhance people's lives. In other words, we are called to be the arms and the feet and the hands of Jesus himself to make people's lives around us better. Hello? We are called to be the peacemakers. We are called to make the, our coworkers' lives so much better because they work with somebody who calls themselves a Jesus follower. We are called to make someone's life better at the table Come Christmas time, as you, you're, the table is surrounded by people arguing about politics. Hello? God has called you to make that conversation with that group of people better, more loving, better tasting. Watch this now. God has called you to make those conversations easier to swallow for the people that are your family members. Now when I say good news for everybody, here's what you gotta understand that I mean. I don't just mean good news for the neighbor you like, I mean good news for the neighbor that's really annoying, that you know their dog poops in your yard, like that's what I'm talking about. God, God's news of great joy for who? All people. I don't just mean good news for the family member that you just easily connect with and you have so much in common with and you agree with everything that they say and everything that they do and, and you agree with them in politics and they're Saints fans, which you know gives you a whole great connection. And I mean, I'm talking about good news for maybe your mother-in-law that decided that this was the year that she was gonna stay for a few extra days. 
Good news for who? All people. We are called to preserve and enhance the lives around us for all people. Jesus goes on in in verse 14 to say, you are the light of the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, the second metaphor that Jesus uses is one that can actually be seen. He's, he's saying a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In essence, what Jesus is saying is when there is a light shining, it actually helps something not to be in the dark or not to be hidden. And this is where it gets difficult for some of you because we're really good with salt because I want to tell you something. We can be salt for the unbelievers that are around us and that's something that actually doesn't even have to be seen. How many of you know when salt goes on food, most of the time you can't even see it anymore? Hello? But it's there. That's how believers are. But Jesus is saying for the second metaphor that he uses that you can actually see it. It actually is bringing, it actually is shining on something. This is the metaphor that Jesus is using to help us understand that our faith cannot be hidden. Some of you, this is where you struggle because you say, Pastor, Faith is a personal thing, and I do agree with you. Faith is, is meant to be a personal thing, but it is never meant to be a private thing. Hello? Our faith is meant to shine a light. It is meant to be out in the open. It is meant to be illuminated in, in, into someone else's. We're gonna get to how that works in just a second, but I just wanna give you some, some news about this, time, this day and age. The news is that they actually, what Jesus is referring to is not a flashlight. Hello? They didn't have flashlights back in this time. He's not talking about the light on your cell phone. What he's, what he's talking about is actually a candle, if you will. And what he means by that if you put a bowl over the, the, the candle is that what's going to happen? Well, the oxygen is going to run out and that flame is going to go out. And I was just praying and I was thinking this morning, and this isn't even in my notes because the Lord just revealed it to me as I was praying for you this morning. And he said, tell them that for many of them, the oxygen has gone out of their faith. Hello? Why? Because... You've hidden it too long. It is meant to be shared. It is meant to illuminate Jesus to those that are around you. It is meant to be out in the open, to be seen. And the ox- you give more oxygen to your faith the more that you share your faith. How many of you have ever had the chance to tell someone else about Jesus Christ? I want you to lift up your hands. You've ever had that chance? Here's what happens. What happens is, doesn't something happen in you when you walk away from that conversation? Huh? 
I mean, don't you feel like, yes, I do believe that. I, I do believe that Jesus is real. I do believe that God is working in my, my life. I do believe that he is the resurrected one and that if I believe in him, if I put my faith in him, that I will not die, but I'll have eternal life. I believe all of that. Something happens and you add oxygen to your faith when you share that faith. Mm. Matthew five sixteen says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Here's what I want you to understand. We are called to preserve and to enhance this good news of great joy for all people. We are called to bring light. But listen closely. We are not called to bring that glory or that light to ourselves. Hello? <laughs> I just, I, I'm pretty sure that around your Thanksgiving table this week, nobody said these words. Man, that is the best salt I've ever had. No. Nobody's commenting on the salt. We're the salt. This isn't about us, friends. We're just enhancing what, what we really want people to taste and see that the Lord is good. Hello? We are just enhancers to point people back to Jesus. We are not shining a light on our life so that we can just get a promotion at work. We're not shining a light on our life so that people can see us. We are just illuminating Jesus Christ. We are shining the light back to him. We're like the moon. The moon doesn't actually have any light of its own. The moon actually just reflects the light of the sun. That's what we are, friends. We're not the sun. We'll never be the sun. We are the moon, and we are borrowing light and reflecting it back to the sun. Come on, somebody. That is our calling. We are called to preserve, to enhance, to light up, the people that are around us. I want you to listen closely. There is a direct relationship between what we do and what other people believe. Your living example adds to your explanation. And I want you to think about the, what the world sees around them in this season of 2020. I want you to think about what this Christmas season that we are walking into, what do they see? They see fear, they see panic, they see anger, they see bitterness, they see arguments, they see people with differing opinions, they see people dying in hospitals, they see death all around them, and we're called to walk onto the stage of people's lives and go, I'm here to enhance, I'm here to preserve, I'm here to bring light to your life, and to shine you back towards Jesus. Let me say it like this if you want to write something down. Your witness to others hinges on what others witness in you. Your witness to others hinges on what others witness in you. Let me give you four practical ways, and you can write these down to do this during this Christmas season as the band comes forward. What you do, what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say. 
Now, as I'm talking about this and I'm talking through this lens, I want you to, to picture a couple different scenarios in your mind. I want you to picture the next month at your job. I also want you to picture the family that's coming or where you are going for Christmas. What you do, what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say. Let's talk, first of all, about what you do. Here's the sad truth for many of us that call ourselves Christians. Many times, Christ followers are more known for what we don't do than what we do. Hello? I want to be more known for what I do than what I don't do. John chapter 3, verse 18 says this. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our what? By our actions. Listen to this one. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. I, I feel like I need to read that one one more time for us. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. One of the ways that you can do this in the next month during this Christmas season is to simply serve others and be kind. Hello? You can be good news by the things you do. Some of you want to see your family come to know Jesus Christ, your family that you're going to be with at Christmas there away from God. You want to see them come to know Christ, but you won't do the dishes after the meal has been eaten. Hello? Maybe the first step in seeing your family come to know Jesus is you doing the dishes. Hello? Let us serve. Let us be kind. Let us act with humility. Number two, what you don't do. Ephesians chapter five, verses six through seven. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Verse seven, don't participate in the things these people do. Here's something incredible that I want you to know about Jesus. Jesus had this incredible ability to constantly be around people who were not like them without becoming like them. And I'm telling you, maybe there are some things coming up into this Christmas season that we should abstain from, that we should not do. What are those things, Pastor? Well, here's one. Maybe we shouldn't gossip. Maybe we shouldn't be argumentative. Maybe we shouldn't get plastered with the rest of the family. Maybe we should abstain from those things so people can see you live differently than I live, and you seem to have a lot more joy in your life than I have. Now again, let me just help you with this. This doesn't mean that 
when that moment comes that we put up our nose with our family, our friends, our coworkers, and go, I don't do the things that you do because I'm better than you. If you do that, you've just actually negated everything right there. I made a decision a long time ago when I came to know Jesus Christ that I would always be the funnest person in the room and I wouldn't have to ever be drunk to do that. Hello? I made a decision that I could be out with the guys but not doing what the guys were doing and that they would look at me and go, dude, you, you, you've got so much joy and you're not doing what we do. Things you do, the things you don't do. Here's another one on the things you don't do. You know the best thing that we could maybe not do during this holiday season? Maybe we could put our phones down and we could actually engage with family members. Hello? Maybe we could not use the phone as an escape to be away from people that we're actually sitting next to you in a room. Maybe we could put the phone down and say, how are you? Let's talk. Let's talk about your life. Number three, the things you say, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word that they speak. For us today, I think God will not only judge what we say, but he will judge what we text, what we tweet, and what we post. When we speak, God has actually called our words to be laced with love in every season. Your words are powerful. Well, I just got to speak the truth to people. I just got to tell my family members what the, they don't, none of them know the truth. How's that been working for you for the last 10 years? Has anybody come to know Jesus? Has their life been changed? Maybe we could not only speak the truth, but we could speak with love. What you say matters, friends. And by the way, everybody pick up the green card that's on your chair there. Everybody pick up that card. Here's something that needs to come out of all of your mouth before December 20th. Hey, do you want to come to church with me on Christmas Sunday, December 20th? I promise you're going to love it. Every statistic tells us that this is one of two seasons that people are actually more open to going to church. How about we lean into that statistic and we use that statistic to bring coworkers, family members, and friends to church on that Sunday, amen? What we say. And then lastly, things you don't say. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19 says this, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Don't get mad at me. I didn't say it. It's the Bible. As tempting as it is during this holiday season, don't indulge in gossip. 
Don't indulge in the arguments. Even if you are right on the issue, how many of you know you can be right and wrong at the same time? Even if you're right, sometimes the best thing you can do is just be a listening ear for people. I just love them by listening. I want you, as we close, to think about this. Did you ever think about the fact that there are over 40 authors that wrote the entirety of the Old Testament and the New Testament called the Bible? Did you ever stop and wonder and ask yourself the question, why didn't Jesus decide to write any of those letters? Why didn't Jesus decide to sit down at Starbucks and get out his computer and write any portion of the Bible? How come Jesus never decided, knowing that this was all going to be canonized and be called a Bible, and that that Bible would be considered to be a letter from God. Why wouldn't Jesus decide to write any of that? Well, here's my, what I just want to present to you today. What I want to present to you today is that I think Jesus' life was a letter. I think his life was a letter. I think his words. I think his actions. I think the things he didn't do. I think the things he did do. I think the things he didn't say. I think the things he did say. I think when Jesus, when God sent his son to be good news that would cause great joy for all people, it was God writing us a letter through his son, Jesus. His life was a letter. Let's do this. Ben, come come on up here, man. Come on up on stage for just a second. Kelsey, come on up here. Come on up here for just a second. Y'all met Ben earlier. This is Kelsey. Her and her husband, James, are... Chi Alpha directors, and they are doing an amazing job with our Connections Ministry. Uh, just promo those guys. Love them so much. I want you, Kelsey, just to imagine that Ben is one of two things. Either one, he is somebody far from God, doesn't know Jesus. Maybe he's been hurt by the church. And don't we all understand that if we can get people to read their, the Bible, their life will change, right? Right? But I, I'm here today to tell you that many people won't read the Bible until they see us live the way the Bible tells us to live. Or maybe you could imagine that he's a discouraged believer. One that's doubting his faith, that's had a hard year in 2020. I, I know that's hard to imagine anybody that's had a hard year in 2020, but you can imagine that. And here's what I want you to understand. Here's the takeaway from today. The takeaway is that during this Christmas season and way beyond, here's what God wants to do. God wants to send you 
as a letter from God to those that need hope during this Christmas season. God wants you to be what? Good what? News. He wants you to be delivered as his letter of good news, causing great joy for all people. But I thought you said, Pastor, we're not the news. We're not the news. But we show up as the news, and then we point to the real news. Jesus, right? Thank you so much, guys. Love you. One last thought that I wanted to give you before you leave. Please make sure during this Christmas season that the news is more about a hue, a who, sorry, than a view. Please make sure the news is more about a who than a view. In other words, don't try to indulge in all of the Christian values and belief systems and all of that with people who don't know Jesus. Here's what I want us to do. Point them to Christ. Point them to the who. Maybe you're here today and you maybe you came with family members, friends, somebody asked you to come to church today. And maybe you're here and you're not necessarily a Jesus follower. Let me say it like this. If the life and teachings of Jesus doesn't strike you as good news, it may be because the church hasn't been good news for you. And for that, look this way. I want you to hear me. And for that, I'm sorry. If Christ's followers have not always been good news for your life, I want to tell you that there are many in this room that want to be good news for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. If you're in the room this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I need that good news of great joy for me. The truth is that I'm here and I do not actually have a relationship with that who. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't have that good news of great joy in my life. You don't have to try to get it. You don't have to work for it. All you have to do is believe that the news was for you, that Jesus is for you, that his perfect birth, his life, his death, his resurrection is for you. This morning, if you'd say, Pastor, I want that good news for my life. I want you on the count of three to lift up your hands all across this room. One, two, three. That's me, Pastor. I need that good news. I need it for my life. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's me, Pastor. That's me. Let's stand to our feet across this room.